Welcome to the Preserving Family Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to equip you to gain insight, information, and inspiration to help you protect, teach, and guide your family during these turbulent times. Our goal is to provide tools and resources to help you strengthen and preserve your own marriages and families. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Mark and Janie Ogletree. We are really happy to be here this week. We are coming off of a week of Cousins Camp. Right, honey? We survived it? We did, with a week before that in Montana for a family reunion. And so we thought this was going to be a really good week to talk about an awesome principle about the power of fun in families. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're coming off of some fun, so why not talk about some fun, you know? And, uh, we, you know, you, you often hear this expression that a family that prays together stays together but there's a lot of research that shows that families who play together stay together yeah i totally agree with that fun and recreation and being together it really draws families together and it creates a family culture where we want to be together we create memories we build bonds and associations and and i think that's all done through fun it can be done through other means like through work, through service and all that, which we also sometimes call fun. Yeah. It all needs to be mixed, but... We endorse that. Yeah. (laughs) But fun is great. We endorse fun, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, exactly. And and that's one of the... That's... That is one of the things I remember as we were leaving Montana a couple of weeks ago is that we said, we should do this again. We should come back to this very spot and do the very things we just did. And so many of our children or grandchildren said, yes, let's come back here and do this. But just to make... Janie, kind of the point you're making that, yeah, people want to be around that, right? They want to, they're drawn to that kind of fun in families. And I know we've talked about this in previous episodes, but the creating traditions, creating fun things that our kids look forward to, that build a closeness, that build bonds with each other, I think um, is what we're going to talk about today is how to create all that, how to have fun in families, the power of fun. Love it. Exactly. You know, I'm calling this misnomers, you know, and there's a couple examples here. You know, one of them was an older woman that I was talking to a few years ago. She's probably in her 80s, and uh, she said something that I've never forgotten because I've thought about it a lot for her because I know her. And she said, I just don't get why my family, why my children and grandchildren never can get together and do anything. I see all these other families on social media. They're together and they're having all this fun, but I don't get why we can't do anything together. And since I know this this woman, and I know I know of her and her family situation, I knew the answer, and I was afraid to say it. In fact, I didn't say it out loud. I just thought it. But the idea was that, but you never had any fun with your family. You never did anything. There were never any family trips or vacations or anything to draw the family in and and connect the family. And if you don't have that, 10, 20, 30 years down the road, if you haven't been investing in that account, so to speak, then you're trying to draw from a dry well and there's just nothing there. Yeah, that reminds me of the a couple that we were visiting with a month or so ago. And an elderly man was kind of bemoaning the fact that his children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, that all they want to do is have fun and play. Yeah. And, um, and he kind of was just went into the, all I ever did my whole life was work. And, you know, and he thought that they should be working. And so as a result... The, the, that he say kind of the same thing he didn't really invest in his family and so they don't have fun today and he thinks fun he kind of associates fun with being bad or evil or something yeah and 
I remember us talking about that on the way home is that we said, oh, that's so sad that he has a view that associating with your family, having fun, doing fun activities is he kind of associates that with a bad thing. Almost like sinful. Yeah. And then we kind of talked the two of us that we, you know, we talked about, boy, you know, it's just sad that you, because work can be fun. We worked with our kids all the time and you just make it fun. You can be digging ditches and having fun. You can be laughing hysterically and be digging ditches or whatever, or cleaning the house. But right. you can also be faithful to the gospel in Jesus Christ and have fun. I I know that Jesus probably laughed and smiled, <laughs> and Joseph Smith laughed, and I know President Hinckley and President Nelson, all of our prophets laugh. It's okay, you know, to have fun and relax and let your hair down. And not, not even, yeah, like even necessary, right? I mean, absolutely. We can't have that bow strung all the time, right? <laughs> I remember reading an article about Elder Holland years ago. And the mayor of the town of St. George, back in the day when Elder Holland was in high school, said, some people think you have you live the gospel, others think that you have fun. Jeff Holland showed that you can do both at the exact same time. Mm, and I know that, I love that we've always done that, right? I mean, we've always tried to, whenever we're having a gathering with our family, it's going to be fun. We're going to do fun things, but, but the gospel is going to be the center of it all, and you can do both, right? Yeah, and you can do hard things and have fun. You can do service-oriented things and have fun. You can study the gospel and have fun. It should be joyful and fun. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So maybe just to remind a few people, if you're in that camp of almost feeling guilty for having some fun, that right in 2 Nephi 2.25, we're reminded that men are that they might have joy. And I know there, there are some that would say, okay, this is joy, this is eternal, this is something that's rooted in covenances and covenants and ordinances, commandments, and no, you could be happy. You can be be joyful and be happy every day. In fact, Joseph Smith taught that happiness is the design object and design of our existence. Or in other words, that's why we're that's why we're here. The Lord wants us to be happy. Yeah. He wants us to associate with one another, to build love and, and relationships with others. I totally believe that, you know, and, and our leaders believe that. Our leaders have taught that over the years. In fact, in the family proclamation It says that successful marriages and families are established and maintained on principles of faith, prayer, repentance, forgiveness, respect, love, compassion, work, and don't forget, wholesome recreational activities. So this idea of recreational activities should be, it's not only is it part of our theology and what we believe, it's part of this idea of, of how to be happy, But it's certainly a formula for raising successful families and having strong marriages. From a book called Strengthening Our Families, an in-depth look at the proclamation on the family, I love this quote. It says, wholesome recreation plays an important role in creating successful marriages and families. Parents who provide opportunities for wholesome recreational activity lay a foundation on which their children can build virtuous, happy lives. Wholesome recreation also creates loving memories that lay the foundation for eternal relationships. Amen, amen, amen. Yeah. Now here's something even, it's least interesting to me, but I just think we're about to quote Bruce R. McConkie and Ezra Taft Benson, who both had a reputation for probably being pretty straight-laced and by the book, and, <laughs> and maybe even some probably thought they wouldn't laugh much, but listen to what they say here. Here's President Benson. Go on daddy-daughter dates and father and son outings. He's talking to the men of the church. As a family, go on campouts and picnics and to ball games and recitals. Build traditions of family vacations and trips and outings. And then here's the whole point. He said, these memories 
will never be forgotten by your children. Mm. I love that when we get together, I just sat with an uncle last night who I grew up with, who was always that fun uncle that took us water skiing and taught us how to ride motorcycles and do... Would we talk about at dinner for an hour last night? All those great memories of, and all that family time we had in the old days of doing those fun things. And then Bruce R. McConkie, as you said, this is right out of Mormon doctrine. <laughs> which right, you would is never really expect interesting. that. But he said, Elder McConkie says, recreation is an essential and vital part of the gospel of salvation. Mm. Wow. wow, isn't that great? Recreation is an essential and vital part of the gospel of salvation. It's like almost part of the plan of salvation. Yeah. Wholesome recreation may include parties, banquets, dinners, games, athletic endeavors, contests, dramas, dances, concerts, radio and TV programs, (laughs) picnics, outings, camping trips, hunting, fishing trips, and vacations in general. Sounds like a party animal. Yeah. Well, if that's part of our doctrine, count me in. (laughs) That sounds fun. We should have the missionaries (laughs) teaching that, right? You know, it's really interesting, and this comes from Brent Barlow. It was his uh, book, and the book is called Just for Newlyweds. It's it's older, but there was a great little principle that he taught because he was talking about this idea in the book of why fun is so important. He was talking about Doctrine and Covenants section 136 when the saints were being organized into companies to cross the plains. And there's a lot of instruction given on how to take care of each other, not to covet, Uh, how to share, don't speak evil of each other, just things like that. But then you get to verse 28. And in verse 28, it tells the saints they are commanded to praise the Lord with singing and dancing on their journey. And then Brother Barlow says this, now the key question, why did the Lord command the early saints to sing and dance during their arduous journey westward? He said, put yourself in their place. You've been driving a team of oxen or mules all day in the hot weather, or perhaps you've been riding in the back of a jostling, stuffy wagon, tending little children for 10 or 12 hours. Maybe you or your spouse has walked much of the way, maybe 20 miles or more, but it's nighttime now, and all in the family are tired and hungry. And after the evening meal, which is almost the same as all the meals you've had for several weeks, you're ready for bed. And while you're thinking of the much-needed rest that awaits you, you hear someone tuning up a fiddle near the central campfire. Oh no, you think to yourself, not that again. Yes, it's that time. The evening dance is about to begin. I have often wondered why the Lord commanded the saints to sing and dance while they were crossing the plains. One would imagine he would say, conserve your strength, get as much rest as you can. But no, come evening or when other opportunities arise, they were to sing and dance. Why? Because we all need balance in our lives. In fact, maybe he, he said it has to do with the fact that recreation is a form of recreation. Don't you think that's such a great idea? I mean, that you know, part once again, part of our, our theology. I mean, this is scripture to sing and dance, right? <laughs> well, I love that. That recreation. I need to put that on the fridge or on my window. <laughs> that recreation is a form of recreation. It really does rejuvenate us. It helps us let our hair down. It lets us let go of the worries and anxieties from normal life and just enjoy our family, our friends, our loved ones, whatever we're doing. I think that's that's an awesome quote. I really love that. And a lot of us find that recreation or that recreation or that rejuvenation in our families, right? Kind of reminds me of that story of Joseph Smith where... I love the fact that he was a fun guy, that he would let his hair down and play. And right. there was a time when Joseph was studying Greek and Latin. And when he got tired of studying, he would go out and play with the children in their games about the house and to give himself exercise and just to take a break. And then he'd go back to his studies. Right. 
And it's in the rec- recollections of the prophet Joseph Smith that said he was preaching once and he said it tried some of the pious folks to see him play ball with the boys. He then related a story of a certain prophet who was sitting under the shade of a tree amusing himself in some way when a hunter came along with his bow and arrow and reproved him. The prophet asked him if he kept his bow strung up all the time. The hunter answered that he did not. The prophet asked why, and he said it would lose its elasticity if he did. The prophet then said it was just so with his mind. He did not want it strung up all the time. And I think that goes back to recreation and rejuvenation we all need to let our bow loose a little bit (laughs) well i love the idea that joseph smith knew that there were times where he needed to loosen his bow in an article written by my friend and colleague mary jane woodger she talked about many entries in joseph's journal and i'm going to read this he developed relationships and activities such as carriage rides spending holidays together singing together teaching his children grammar reading to his children or sliding with them on the ice. Lucy Smith observed that little children, including his own, were very much attached to the prophet, since he played with them as if they were equals. Joseph clearly advocated recreational activities with his family, as does our own family proclamation. In fact, John Hess and Enoch Dodge both recall the prophet playing with his children in their games, and he participated in domestic activities often commenting that his family brought him great joy. One of my favorite entries in Joseph's journal is this one right here. At home all day. Took solid comfort with my family. Another journal entry. In the evening, several of the twelve and others called to visit me. My family sang hymns. Another entry. I was engaged in reading, meditation, and mostly with my family. I love that Joseph played on the ice, attended the circus, went on boat rides, shot ducks, and read stories to his family. I mean, he was so, Joseph was such a believer that fun in families connects families together. Yeah, also I love the example of Brigham Young. When Brigham Young, when the first thing they did when they, one of the first things when they got to the Salt Lake Valley is he constructed a social hall where the saints could enjoy dances and theatrical performances. And we know in Nauvoo too, they also had one. Right. I love what Brigham Young said about the relationship between work, sleep, and fun. He said, Life is best enjoyed when time periods are evenly divided between labor, sleep, and recreation. All men, women, and children should labor. All must sleep. And if mental and physical balance is to be maintained, all people should spend one-third of their time in recreation, which is rebuilding, voluntary activity, never idleness, eight hours work, eight hours sleep, and eight hours recreation was Brigham Young's motto. (laughs) I love that. How did he fit that in? (laughs) Can you imagine if we just had eight hours of play all day? (laughs) That would be incredible. You know, it's interesting because not only is wholesome recreation and fun part of our theology, but research backs that up big time. In fact, wholesome recreation can help strengthen relationships and reduce negative emotional and spiritual consequences in families one study just just summarized that wholesome recreation strengthens families in the discussion. We need it. Research indicates that family leisure is linked also to beneficial outcomes like increased family satisfaction, family stability, improved family communication, and improved family functioning. So there's great, great benefits to spending time together and having fun together. In fact, one study even talks about outdoor recreation strengthens family cohesion. So if you want to go camping, get your tents and let's get going. 
Also, uh, improved problem solving, trust and love in families as a result of family fun together and family recreation. Leisure, this is another study, but leisure, and so let's just say fun, but they're using the word leisure, is the strongest predictor of family satisfaction from a parent's perspective in a study that was done not too many years ago. Adolescents are do better, they function better, they have a stronger, they score stronger on well-being measures when they also report that their families have fun together and are close and do things. In fact, marital satisfaction and parental satisfaction has increased when families do things together. And here's a better, I love this one, that families who recreate together are able to adapt and cope better with life's challenges. That great, strong families, families who are cohesive, also happen to be families who have fun together. Janie, is any of that surprising to you? No, as you were talking, and I was just thinking about as we've been out in the outdoors and and doing fun things like boating, camping, hiking, whatever those kind of things. Right. I'm just thinking about all the skills that our children and grandchildren learn. You know, they right. they've all just this summer. How many have learned how to water ski? How many have done great hikes? And you know, and done hard we, things. Yeah, when we teach them that they can do hard things and they can conquer even though things are hard, I think that's such a great bonding thing. It's such a great boost for them for the morale for their psyche for their self-worth and, and we, i just think there's a whole lot of benefit that, yeah. for recreation well i was going to say one of my favorite parts of some of the things this summer is is not only watching our grandkids do those things but the camaraderie that was developed i mean literally you're pulling up a skier who's seven years old and everyone on two boats is cheering yeah. for this kid you know it's incredible yeah the camaraderie the skills they learn the self-confidence the they, you know, the fear, overcoming fear, the fear of the unknown or fear of learning a new skill, I think is just really incredible. And that all comes through recreation and fun and having a family there cheering you on and supporting you and love it. I, I, whitewater rafting. Remember that one? Yeah. I think there were some kids that may have been a little apprehensive of that. And by the time we were done, they're like, when are we doing that again? That was yeah. incredible. And how great that that does to boost their confidence. And just being in nature, I think yeah. itself is just, it's healing. It's healing. I, yeah. I agree. So just to sum up this research, that having fun together in families strengthens family bonds, makes families more cohesive, which mm, yes. is kind of a given. <laughs> but having family... T- family fun together reduces stress and anxiety and wow we all need that today don't we yeah there's no family that doesn't need that having fun together strengthens and heals relationships absolutely when families play together they begin to talk and to laugh and to lighten up it creates a, a, an opportunity for that doesn't it yeah for them to do that family members are created sorry family memories are created inside jokes are shared and created (laughs) when families play together the communication lines are open and families that play together are healthier happier and better adjusted i say amen to that so to go along with that elder m russell ballard declared families need unstructured time when relationships can deepen and real parenting can take place take time to listen to laugh and to play together i love that from elder ballard i think that's so great in fact i was thinking as you were talking janie i was just thinking okay who was it in my life growing up as a kid that was kind of fit the description of the funny relative that you just couldn't wait to see? And for me, it was easy. It was my granddad. I mean, when he would come into town, it was so awesome. He was just the kind of person that when he walked into, into a room, 
it just changed right <laughs> the whole you know tenor the whole feeling of the room the whole climate of the room would change but he he just knew how to have fun with us he would play with us he would tell us stories i remember riding roller coasters as like a seven or eight year old kid with my grandfather who i mean wow in fact in my day i thought i hope he doesn't die on this roller coaster but anyway i just janie it reminds me of you a little bit when you you know used to share this experience of being on dates in high school and wanting to come home as quick as you could and finding excuses to come home early because you knew your family was having fun and you felt like you may miss something if you were out on a date remember yeah yeah they were always eating ice cream on my parents bed with (laughs) 10 spoons or just sharing funny things about the day or just having fun together yeah having fun and laughing I know for us growing up, we had some really good family friends that lived a couple hours away and they had like 14 children and we loved (laughs) going to their house because they were the epitome of fun. They just had fun together all the time. And at nights when some of the kids would go on dates or whatever, they would always bring their dates home and... The, the parents and the whole family, they'd all play hide and seek in this huge house. And they'd turn all the lights off and everybody <laughs> would just be running through the house, all their kids and their dates and other friends and whoever was in the house. And yeah. and I remember one time the dad was so fun that we were having a dart war game and we found him up on top of the fridge, like just shooting people as they run by. <laughs> <laughs> but they were so fun and they were such a close family, but they just created just opportunities for anybody who wanted to show up. And they just brought fun and enthusiasm and love. And they ended up teaching the gospel to so many people and converted so many people and brought so many people into the gospel because of their love, their openness, their fun. They just were the epitome of what a family should be. And I'll never forget that. Right. And and I'm thinking, because, you know, obviously I know the family you're talking about, such a great, wonderful family in, in the whole church. But my guess is now 20, 30, 40 years removed from that, that those children are still very close and sit around the campfire and remember those experiences and stories that once again bond bond them together and connect them as a family there's great purpose in fun we're not having fun to have fun i mean that's part of it but there's great purpose in having fun together as families okay so let's talk about a different couple different kinds of fun the first kind is the plan fun right that we we put it on the calendar we you know say we're going to do this but then there's the serendipitous fun, which right. it just kind of emerges and kind of is fun. And, and that's the kind that is really fun that a lot of traditions are created from because it just kind of happens and everyone has such a great time. That it we happens just once get... and you're like, okay, we are so doing that yeah. every time, right? I, and I do think that if you create a culture of fun in your home, that, the, that those serendipitous moments will emerge. But if you don't have that culture of fun, I think it's hard to pull those up. Yeah. And we love them. We we love them both. We really do. And so, we just had this. We coming off this cousins camp. We had twenty or twenty three grandchildren here at our home. And knowing that we were going to have all these little ones here, we just had to plan because had to be organized. Yeah. They just you know if they have too much free time, they just start getting into mischief and fighting and breaking things. And so <laughs> we really did plan a lot and just kept tried to keep them busy. We probably planned too much because <laughs> it was pretty exhausting. But in between that is other fun things come up, you know, the serendipitous experiences. experiences. So like the very first night we had a talent show, which was planned. We were going to do FHE, family home evening, dinner, and a talent show. Well, 
the fun things that came out of the talent show now, I promise, will be at every talent show going forward. <laughs> we had a couple daughters who had ordered special costumes off Amazon and put together a whole thing and surprised us all. We had almost every grandchild did something. We whether had a granddaughter that we didn't know was a ventriloquist. That was serendipitous. Yeah, <laughs> they did bike tricks. They, I mean, everything from making funny noises in the microphone to doing a little cartwheel to big whole performances and singing and dancing. Yeah, yeah. but just super fun like that. And we had another day where we went to the lake, but it's the first half of the day ended up great, but then it started getting really windy and the weather changed. Stormy like crazy. (laughs) But our girls took advantage of it and decided to film this funny family music video. And so I love that... Because of the wind, right? The wind was so powerful and... Yeah, Yeah, but I just love that you can switch on a dime where, you know, you had one thing planned, but maybe things change and then you can make... Lemons make adjustments, out of, lemonade right? out of lemons. <laughs> right. But I and all families are different. And so this is just the, these are things that we like to do, but other families like to play card games. Other families like to watch movies. Other families like to go to movies. Other people like to make movies. So mm-hmm. it just depends on what your family enjoys and embrace it. Every family is so different. I, when you said that, Janie, it reminds me of one of our son-in-laws who came up with this PowerPoint night that we've done a couple of times now where every person makes their own PowerPoint. And that's been hilarious, right? And, and yeah, I never would have dreamed that that, could, yeah, that that would be so crazy, but it's been, it's been incredible, right? Yeah, so for us, it's the little things that just are fun and the little things that people enjoy. We don't, we don't do huge, massive trips around the world, and we don't do <laughs> big you know fancy things but we the little we enjoy the little things (laughs) exactly we're not gonna come up with a list here we didn't want to create a list of here's 100 things you could do in your families we know a lot of you already do a great job with this and i'm sure there are books and websites that would tell you of you know that would share great family fun activities so that's not really our purpose we did want to talk about serendipitous fun and planned and organized fun but it would be up to you and your family to say, okay, what is our fun culture like? And to kind of take a look at that and to see if there are some improvements that can be made. I'm thinking that if I was in a family right now where there was an extreme crisis of some kind, that I would be thinking that down the road, we probably need to have some kind of fun together in our family. I still remember a man named William Waite talking about this years ago in a talk that he gave where he shared the experience of losing one of their children, one of their daughters died from some rare disease at a young age and the family had just been blue and sad and in grief for quite a while and then about six months later brother Wade just said to his family you know what guys it is time to go camping we've got to go do something fun we got to get outside of all this and go go have some fun together and he just told a great story of of their family riding on some windy road in California and like almost all their kids got uh, motion sickness and one of the kids threw up in the wife's pur- in his wife's purse. And anyway, he it was it was just it's what the family needed. You know, it's just what they needed. Just got their mind off of their troubles and right change of venue. Yeah, I think that's important. I think any time that we're going through a hard time, if we are struggling maybe with teenagers or relationships in our family or even in our marriage, like we need to get away. We need to get away, change the scenery, have some fun, break it up. I think that's. Again, recreate. <laughs> recreate, rejuvenate, rejuvenate, reset. reset. What... And I think that that's, that is important. Totally agree. I think that's a great, great counsel. I love this from um, 
the book Seven Habits of Highly Effective Families from the Coveys, and this is what they wrote about their family. They said, I think everybody's favorite family nights in our home were the times when we would just go on a series of adventures. Stephen would usually make them up as we went along, and none of us knew what to expect. It might be playing a game of volleyball in the backyard, then having a swim at the high school gym, followed by a visit to the pizza parlor. Or it could be going to a driving range and letting everybody hit a bucket of golf balls and then going to a movie or finishing up with root beer floats at home. We might play a game of miniature golf at the rec center and then jump on the backyard trampoline, share some ghost stories as it got dark, or sleep out in the backyard. Or we might join another family for a hike up Rock Canyon or build a fire and roast some marshmallows, go bowling. Sometimes we'd take trips to museum, the art museum, the science museum, the dinosaur museum. Sometimes we'd rent videos or even show home movies and popcorn. What it strikes you about that? Yeah, yeah, is it just doesn't have to be a big deal. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be planned out for a long time. It could just be simple, everyday things, but done with love and fondness and energy and excitement. And I think... And that's where the connection comes, yeah, right? Like, yeah, just laying on a blanket, looking at the stars, waiting for an outdoor movie to start, and just talking about, you know, the world, the solar system, or just get, talking about marshmallows, or, <laughs> you know, I think there's just so many memories and experiences that can be made just in the small and simple things. And I think it's great when you think of Steve, here's Stephen R. Covey, uh, all the money that he ever needed, uh, fame, fortune, and yet the way that he's connecting his family together is in his backyard with, uh, you know, root beer floats and trampolines, right? So yeah, it doesn't, I like what you said, J.D., it doesn't take a whole lot, right? It's the simple things. But we need to be thinking as parents, it's our job, I think, to try to, to, try to create those awesome, wonderful, fun experiences for our family. Yeah. We especially don't plan them, they don't happen. Yeah, and especially in times of depression or sadness or ruts or... You know, if we're just kind of getting in bad cycles in our home of maybe name calling or fighting or, you know, it's almost like a reset. Hey, stop, everyone. We're going to go have some fun. We're right. going to. And I think it just literally sets a whole different tone for the family. Right. Thank you. I, lo- I love that. Thank you so much for adding that perspective. I It reminded me of COVID, you know, and, and we had to take an attitude. We had to decide how we were going to approach it. And I remember the day that... We said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to find a way to have fun with this and to make some memories here. And we did. We found ways to bind our family together and to do some wonderful, fun things together that ended ended up for us being a a season of great connection. And it was just a reminder that no matter how crazy things get in the world, you can always find a way to have some fun. I agree. So as we conclude today, we like to conclude with the acronym of LDS, Let's Do Something. And as this podcast airs, a lot of people would have already started school or school would be starting in a couple of weeks. This is a great opportunity to get that last piece of fun in for the summer, right? And so we would invite you to do something like that. If you haven't done much this summer, maybe this is a great time to engage or plan some kind of activity. Yeah, I think it would be fun to do some kind of just end of the summer bash or even it's just go swimming as a family, cook s'mores, talk about the funnest things they did throughout the summer or talk about what they're excited about for school. But just do some kind of end of summer, beginning of school year. That would be fun, too. I remember, Janie, you you were always big on having kind of this. We would have a back to school dinner of some kind and go eat somewhere. And one of my favorite memories, we lived in Logan, Utah. (laughs) Do you remember this? There was a place called the North Star Buffet. 
And it was the only place I know where you could eat a steak and a Slurpee together, and our kids <laughs> love that. Back to the simple stuff, right? The, the simple things. So. And they remember that buffet. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go have some fun. That's our theme for the week. And uh, we wish all of you the best in doing that, and know that those things will bond your family together, and some of those memories could last a lifetime.